Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-hosts, the pet experts themselves. First to my left, we have Mr. Rick Pruce from Pruce Pets. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Mr. Lee Cohen. Hey, thank you. And I have across from me Dr. Will Schultz from formerly of Schultz Veterinary, now retired. And welcome to the studio, Doc. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be here. Hey, we're always happy to have you. Uh, this week, guys, I got to tell you, it wouldn't have mattered what I thought about doing because sometimes when a story hits you between the eyes and on top of the head, <laughs> you end up having no choice but to deal with it as timely as you possibly can because, Rick, for years, you and I have talked about the lessons learned from the year 2013. <laughs> we can remember that year. <laughs> yeah. I nope. can remember the month. I can remember the days. Unquestionably. And it's been something that I always thought was very useful because, again, you never know when something's going to happen yeah. until it does. I mean, the weather attempts to tell you what they think, but yeah. no offense, they're they're about as good at predicting as the financial people. <laughs> In this world, That's about right, and uh, so you yeah. you just you never know. And last week, it happened, and yeah. I didn't even know it happened until the next day when I'm trying to drive to work, and I'm wondering why in the heck are all of these huge poles laying across the lawns of all these businesses? I mean, I saw one sign that literally was still in the ground. But it was bent all the way to the ground. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. you could just tell tornado was here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was it, it came to surprise to me. And you're right, if you were not immediately in the, you know, the the, the worst of it, right? Yeah. You know, it passes fast. Right. right? All this damage happens, you know, in minutes. Yeah. Right. So you can blink and and miss it, but for those that were in it, it was uh some it was a tornado for sure a tornado of terror here in 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 the mid michigan area i didn't expect anything of the weather because in the morning my wife said that you know hey you know there's Rainstorm. bad weather yeah it's supposed <laughs> to be a storm today and i'm like okay and uh, i was at uh, my daughter's and uh, we were having dinner at uh, enjoying my great grand my my granddaughter and and uh there was warnings on her phone, but we got in our car and decided to travel out anyhow, not realizing that there were actual tornadoes. And so right during the thick of it, we're driving in the road, <laughs> making <laughs> foolish de decisions right there. Right. You know, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be I want to share with you the day as it happened when we get into this show, because it was a rather eventful day for us, you know, kind of days in the life of a pet store. Uh, especially for us since we're into fish. Right. And we know how hostage we are with fish because they have basically us as their life support. Yeah. Right? Totally. And, and, no choice and, and, all, and, and you know, um, everybody gets concerned when they have pets and, and children, right? Right. But, but, you know, what do you do with a reptile? You it know, what do you do with a small animal? Well, that what was... do you do with a bird? You know, so those are all things we can talk about today. And um, I'm just curious, uh, now that we have... 
the doc here what what his perspective on this uh, kind of uh, crazy day was all about. So well, yeah, it, was, it was quite. And you know where we lived, we watched the light show that night, and it was absolutely amazing. And yet we were on the edge of it, and we could see it going south of our house. Uh huh. And it was like, man, you know, you either were in this or you weren't in it. Yeah. And if you weren't in it, it was like, ah, it's just another thunderstorm. Yeah. yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah. You know, yeah. where it hit, it, it was a, a pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, there. yeah. Well, it yeah. knocked out uh, literally power for thousands of homes. And I admit to you, Rick, one of the first thoughts that flashed through my mind was, okay, if you have a dog, your dog might be a little bit scared because it's thunder, lightning. But outside of that, dogs will pretty well be fine for the next few days, right. as would cats. But I thought about exactly what you just mentioned, the fish who yeah. need aerators and heaters. Yeah. You've got reptiles that need their lamps and their heat mm -hmm. and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Birds that are pretty much frightened by a whole lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And all yeah. I could think of is, oh, man, what are these people going to do without yeah. power, and frankly, I know a lot of people have generators because I got to tell you, you heard them kicking out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah there's the not anymore. It didn't happen this way. Usually when a storm would go through back years ago, yeah. it was quiet. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anymore, yeah, no, if no, you're no, in no. a village, <laughs> it's loud. Well, uh, well after 13 at, at our office, we had to go rent a big generator. We had to have a big truck tow it in. Uh -huh. And since then, we did put a generator in. And, yeah. and it runs x-ray machines, surgical equipment, everything runs in the right, clinic. But right. you know, you have to consider, too, if you're a homeowner and you have a big saltwater tank, you have a huge investment in yeah. this. Yeah. And you've got to mitigate this. You, you've yeah. got to consider putting the generator in just for your aquarium. Well, and that was our first call of the day, which was unfortunate. Um, mm -hmm. We do a lot of... Um, Aquarium maintenance yeah. uh, for accounts, and you know we might commonly refer to them as high-end accounts, and it's high-end because they're the value of their aquarium. Uh, this in this case, it was a 150-gallon aquarium, and um, it's valuable. Uh, it's you know, valuable. let's go to break. Let's let's talk about gotta, this on the other side of the break. But but I'll tell you about that story when we come back because. You know, it's sad, but but at the same time, it's informative on things that you can or can't do that can reduce these disasters. Well, it's not just going to be informative. It's also somewhat inspirational because when Rick Proust can shift into gear and turn his aquatic innovation team into an aquatic rescue team <laughs> yeah. in yeah. just a matter of a yeah. few minutes. Well, yeah, necessity – creates these things, well, right? Well, you're Necessity. Gonna well, you're going to hear stories like that as well as how to prevent yourself from having difficulties the next time the unexpected happens here in Mid-Michigan, right here on 1320 WILS. It's the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Here are your hosts, Rick Cruz and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we're talking this morning all about the, I, I, I don't know what the right <laughs> word is, I'm going to call it the events yeah, of last the Thursday tornado evening. of 2023, I suppose. Absolutely. That's what we're talking about. And it's, and we'll it, remember this. Exactly. And it's a flashback to 10 years earlier, which was the ice storm yeah, of 2013. 13, right. But it's basically one of the times yeah. when, Rick, you and the folks at Proust Pats were basically 
basically thrown out of your ordinary world yeah. and put into a different world because exactly. when there's human health-related issues, we have emergencies, we have ambulances that can come get you yeah. and take you to places like hospitals. But when it's an emergency that affects your pet, yeah. Well, here went, is here yeah. is the Rick Pruce team. The <laughs> only thing they're missing is a Ghostbusters type vehicle That's what he needs. That, that they could show up with. <laughs> we'll work on that. We'll work <laughs> the on that. Emergency. And and the difference between 2013 and 2023 this time around, it was this was very very serious. And for those that were in the specific location of the tornado, um, they're out of power for quite a while. But because it is kind of more of a spotty type situation. That was one thing, whereas the 2013 was regional, uh, so it, it affected everybody. Right. And then the other point is, for pets anyhow, uh, we're talking tropical paradise, right? Well, we're in the midst of tropical paradise right here in Michigan. It's the warmer part of the year, so uh, temperature wasn't nearly the problem that it was in 2013. That being said, um, with fish, and so so for some of the other animals, it, animals, it wasn't nearly as problematic as 2013. In 2013, our store, from front to back, left to right, all of our facility in quarantine was filled with customers' fish. All our, our education classroom had no room left because people's small animals and reptiles were in there. But this, this time, we had one, one environment for which the customers felt that the bearded dragon was better kept at our place than theirs. Um, but birds. where and, and and birds birds were fine because of the temperature and and like you said other than the fright that would be the same thing for a dog or a cat the same thing that the 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 bird had to deal with um you know you can uh, if you don't have power they're fine as long as they have food and water and temperature and it's temperature that's important yeah. and so we were fortunate that temperature wasn't an issue so on the more serious um mark for this time around it was the fish tanks and um, and, and just our first call was this 150 gallon tank. We had been maintaining this tank for quite a long time. Um, and, um, we have some safety measures that we can put in place. This particular account had their own backup generator. So we thought we would be fine in that situation. Proved not to be the case because the backup, or the, the you know, the backup generator he had, didn't kick in. And then when they woke up in the morning, unfortunately, a reasonable number, you know, a good number of the fish had perished. The corals were still okay. This was a saltwater tank. It was a reef tank. Um, but this is one of those scenarios where it's also emotional because these are your pets. Oh, yeah. So in this you know, emergency, what's the number one thing this tank has to have for survival? Uh, certainly oxygen, oxygen and temperature. Temperature second, you know, right. um, oxygen first. Uh, thirdly would be the concept of filtration, but that's last because it already has, you know, when we think of an aquarium, we think of a filter system that's running, but realistically the same bacteria that perform the function in the aquarium through your filter system that really actually are responsible for keeping your fish alive are throughout your entire tank. Right. Right. So if you just get water circulating in there, right, uh, you're okay. So and, how, and how much time do you have? Okay, I would think battery's dead, oxygen's gone, yeah. uh, saltwater tank versus freshwater. How much time do you have? You know, um, just because of the richness uh, of the system, right, I don't think it matters too much fresh or saltwater and the oxygen-carrying capacity. I think the oxygen-carrying capacity is 
kind of temperature related. But more importantly, more oxygen is consumed in your fish tank by the breakdown of all your debris than what the fish are creating generally, uh, normally. Not that the fish themselves don't produce. So population numbers of fish and how clean you keep your tank can make a big difference. In some scenarios, um, I had a lady that right here in near Williamston that had a large cichlid, but she kept her tank well-maintained. Uh, no battery-operated air pump, no nothing for two days, and the fish was fine, right? Lucky. And yet uh, in this other one, 150-gallon tank, because it was you know, filled with a number of fish, uh, very vibrant, very beautiful, uh, but everything needed oxygen, um, you know, it was hours that it had before it oh. needed oxygen. Do so, co- do corals also take a lot of oxygen? Well, they they can weather that particular storm better than others. Better. Now, the water chemistry issues that could come from it, or temperature related issues, tend to be more problematic. Uh, but from at least this scenario, the corals that were in there did seem to bunk, uh, bunker down and and not not seem heavily af- affected by that. Yeah. And you said backup oxygen, you have a way to do this to plug it into your house? Yeah, yeah. So uh, everybody that's listening, uh, there's a, the one I'd recommend is a $25 tool, right? And it's just a, uh, runs on 2D batteries. It's just a battery operated air pump. We have some that are less expensive that work just as well in power outages like this, there are plenty. The aeration is strong enough. I would probably recommend one for every fifty gallons, um, and it's just a simple battery-operated air pump. In this case, the one I'd recommend that if you're actually going to buy ahead and pre- and be prepared instead of just grabbing what's available on the shelf, <laughs> good call, because everything's is, gone. Imagine right, that. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, would be this unit that actually you plug it in. And it's a battery-operated air pump. And when you plug it in, it's the weirdest thing. People just have a hard time grasping this. But it, you, you put your batteries in, and it starts aerating, right? You plug it in, and it turns itself off as long as you have power, right? So it's an item that you don't need. The you, Like in saltwater tanks, you don't want air bubbles in your tank necessarily because it would cause a lot of salt spray. So you wouldn't want to always run air bubbles in your tank. But when power goes out, you don't. Who cares about the no, salt spray, no, right? Let it spray. So, uh, yeah, let it spray. Um, and uh, so, but this particular air pump, you plug it into the wall, and you want to check your batteries. You know, every six months or so. Actually, anytime you do your maintenance on your tank, you unplug it. You turn your bu- your power bar off. Right. If your air pump goes on, it's Work working. Good. And guess what that means? It's good. Well, if your power goes out. Your air pump goes on and your fish live. Unbelievably so, so yeah. inexpensive way to yeah. save your. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, these are yeah. your pets. These are, these are animals. Yeah, yeah. And, and and unfortunately, the the safety line um, is uh, is short. You know, it you, you'll know your fish are going to have problems because once they start running out of oxygen, they're going to be nose up at the top trying to find out what find whatever oxygen they can, and the oxygen level is going to be higher near the top of the tank. So they're going to be gasping up at the top, grabbing whatever they can. Um, but, uh, you know, what's, what's, uh, interesting that, uh, I think people will know, I'll get back to the 150 gallon oh, yeah. tank, but, but what's interesting to know when this all happened, I was a bit concerned. I live in Williamston. My power was out immediately, but then we heard about the tornadoes that landed and, um, there's a client that we have, uh, uh, Haven 
How uh, I, I uh, but it's, Haven House. I think it's Haven House, or it, it, it it's just on the other side of the highway. Yeah, it's, it's actually one of our care, it's, it's a, a senior, senior care, care facility, yep. and that's the one that you heard about immediately that the roof was taken off. Well, we have an account. We have a, a fish tank in there. It's a freshwater tank. I think it's like forty gallons. Um, and that's the first thing that we were worried about is, uh-oh, what about the aquarium? And then then you can go out their door and walk uh, a couple football fields lengths and be in the parking lot of Cedar Creek Veterinary Clinic. And we were just imagining, so I was texting both uh, Dr. Wayne Beasley, uh, his daughter Heather Beasley, Dr. Heather Beasley, uh, and just finding out, hey, are you guys okay? And that's the thing yeah. about all this stuff is it's, it's, it's so scary. It's so dangerous. We're so fortunate that, you know, there was – as little loss of life as there are, th- there was, but there was still loss of life, and right. uh, that's always tragic. So well, and it is uh, again, it's a scary proposition when you hear of cars being lifted and flipped upside down that are doing nothing but driving on ninety six yeah. heading east, it, a drive that I take every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's a frightening proposition. But Rick, the thing that you just said, I want to say it again because if I can't make people understand this, I don't know what can. Yes, you want to care for your pets, but if you have enough money invested in your fish tank to do a saltwater tank with beautiful, expensive fish, you lose one fish hmm. and you just paid for <laughs> this backup system. Yeah, and, and, you know, that I think this teaches all of us, uh, again, you know, um, you know, we, we do a, an audit on our tanks uh, that we have out on maintenance land and, and, and generally uh, we make sure the technicians at least have one of these in the tank when appropriate. Well, now we're going to revisit Every that. Every one of them. <laughs> yeah, that, I yeah. guess it's appropriate for all because you never know when the generator is not going to work. So. And it's so inexpensive. How could you not yeah. want to do it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just, it's, and, and, and that's just our maintenance accounts. We have right. a way, 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 way more clients that come into the store for their aquarium. So, you know, we need to do a better job of trying to get these into the hands of right. people before right. they yeah. – they have a, an emergency. Right. And the odds of you just losing one fish when the oxygen goes down, that's not the case. No, you, it's either all or nothing, right? right? Either they all manage to suffer through or you start losing them pretty quick. You know, you, you, have, you might have days. You might have hours. In some cases, you might only have minutes. A couple of minutes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But now this is, it's an important point to also make, though, Rick, that what you're suggesting is based on this time of year yeah. when temperature – is yeah. not an issue. Yeah, so what do, you, what do we do with that? You because know, if this yeah. happens in February yeah. and temperature yeah. is an issue, now well, we've uh, got uh, more ingredients. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that, the, the, and that's one of the reasons our whole store was filled with uh, tanks of fish, because we could. Right. We aren't always in that position. Sometimes, you know, it's uh, all things are filled. You know, and, there's and no transporting the them to you for saving. I've got yeah, to have a tank with a bubbler in it. I've got not, to have. Yeah, that's not easy. So, no. so. The first things that I recommend is if somebody really wants an energy preparedness is, you know, half inch, maybe okay, one inch styrofoam, just get a four by eight sheet. I was and, on the way here today, I got and, asked. And, them and duct gonna, tape. Yeah. And yeah, duct tape. Duct tape your aquarium right, up. Right, right. And right. just make a box around Really it. quick. Real quick. You could, you could either, and, and ideally you have these, you say, okay, this could happen. I'm going to cut my boards so they're ready. And then you can take a little extra time and use your skill saw or however you want to cut them, right? right? Um, I mean, it's it's good. You can just take a razor blade and snap it, 
right? Yeah. But you might as well do it when the power's not, uh, on and you can actually plan this out. But you just need to buy enough styrofoam that you can build a box and the the panels of box, the, you know, four, four sizes that you can. You can't really – you might be able to do something on the bottom if yeah. you can do it. But if you can't do it on the bottom, I think right. the most important is the four sides and the top and just right. make a box. Yeah. And do this now when you're going and exactly. buying your aquarium yeah. air pump, yeah. your backup air pump. Yeah, and stop store the Home Depot. It, yeah. yeah, store that in a spot where it's quick. And all the all that's being discussed here is maybe uh, half an hour, an hour of your time during mm. normal times. Time. You can leave it there. It just sits there. And if you never use it, that's a blessing to you. Yeah, but yeah we, pay, we pay a lot more money for insurance that we never use. That's, ex- that's <laughs> exactly the case. That's exactly right. And and then when you bring the emotional side of these are pets, they're not just possessions, that's what really should drive it home. So that's what we're talking about today. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some other animals affected by what happened here in town on 1320 WILS. Welcome back to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. It's 935 and we're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we're talking this morning with Sean Murphy, who is with Proust Pets. And Sean, I'm sure that since this emergency has taken place and people had issues with animals, you have probably had more than your fair share of questions and situations to deal with. True? Oh, yeah. We had quite a few calls right after that storm came in. Mm-hmm. And what kind of things were you hearing about, especially, I'm curious, about the reptiles, because reptiles are immediately affected by uh, certainly the temperature. Now, I don't know that it would be an issue at this time of year, but that was one of my first thoughts. Yeah, uh, you're right on cue with that. If, um, this time of year, really, it, we kind of lucked out. We didn't get lucky that people got hit with the storm. But with the temperatures that there were, it actually ended up working out really okay for a lot of the reptiles. Uh, kind of what we end up analyzing is if there's a big storm or people lose power outage, is the temperature going to get too warm or is it going to get too cold? You know, so if we get a storm in the middle of summer and people's houses are jumping up to 80 or maybe even 90 degrees, there's uh, a good amount of reptiles we carry that can't handle that for sustained periods of time. You know, reptiles like basking spots, they need an area to get warm. But if everywhere is warm and there's no place for them to cool down, it could start to, to stress them out. Um, but adversely on it, it's also if we get too cold. So if we're in the winter and an ice storm hits and knocks everything out, a lot of those guys can't handle being under, depending on species, we could say anywhere between 55 and 65 degrees uh, for extended periods of time. Um, so we have to figure out ways to either you know, warm them up if it's the winter time, or try to find ways to cool them down if it's summertime. And what what kind of heat in the summer is bad for them? Well, you know, I would say the majority of the animals I, I have here are like subtropical. So they like things to be in the mid-70s to maybe even the lower 80s with, you know, let's say a basking spot of around 90 degrees. Uh, so if we're consistently over 82 to 85, that's going to start to stress some of those animals out. So what... what... Uh, go ahead and share, um, you know, one thing anyone can do in the midst of this is call anytime and ask questions for their particular animal if they're at all wondering whether they have subtropical, tropical, desert, 
type animals. They probably already know this because they have to set up the environment. But just in case, you know, we want to hear from you if you have any questions. But in this situation, can you kind of delineate the customer, the types of animals that one might have uh, that might fall into that category where they need to do something? And if they are doing something, what are they doing to reduce the stress of too much temperature? Right. Gotcha. You know, so a, a lot of the calls we got were for bearded dragons and ball pythons, which they're fine at those higher temperatures. But uh, we do carry things like a lot of amphibians, uh, especially tree frogs and newts and salamanders. Those animals really don't like it over about 78. Uh, for the most part, they all like it in low 70s and kind of damp. So that's one we always have to be really careful of, of getting too high of temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a few we have a few lizard species that really don't like it warm either. Things like mountain horn lizards, crested geckos, uh, day geckos. A lot of our arboreal species really only like it in the mid-70s or so. Um, so if we're seeing extended temperatures up above 82 to 85, and again, we want to find a way to get those guys cooled down. And that's something we could do here in the store where, you know, we offer up boarding for people to bring in animals um, and try to figure out how we can help them through the situation until they get power back. Are, are you generated there? Do you have a generator? Yes, we do. Uh, 2013 taught us a big lesson. So we got a big generator. <laughs> we were working with smaller generators to run the air. But after 2013, we've got enough to run. Uh, run the store uh, if needed. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Well, let's talk about that heat issue, though, because, Sean, uh, I know it's really hard to trust the weather forecasts, especially (laughs) since on Sunday they said no rain for 10 days, (laughs) and by Tuesday it was storming like crazy. But according to what the weather is saying, starting on Monday, we're going to be in the 90s for pretty much all of next week, and there are still some people out there who had actual damage that is preventing them from having power. It's not that the power lines are down, it's that their house is down. (laughs) And what are these people supposed to do to protect against the heat? Well, um, a couple things. Uh, You can always reach out to neighbors and you can reach out to us. Um, A lot of times I tell people that if you have a basement, basement's always going to be cooler even on high temperature days uh it's worthwhile to move your animals down to those areas or even open up uh like cellars and stuff within your basement to allow more of that cold air to circulate through that bottom level of the house um and that can help keep the animals cool down um a few customers come in talk about buying small generators having those running outside their house so they can at least like run a little bit of ac or at least run fans i mean I'm not going to suggest getting a generator to run your AC by any means, but you can at least run some box fans and circulating air over your animals will definitely help if that were to happen. Yeah. Can you cool anything? Uh, this is going to sound really weird. Uh, of course, your electricity is gone, but you go to the store. Can you put ice next to the tank or anything like that to cool the ambient area? You definitely can. Um, it gets tricky because uh, what you got to go out and keep buying bags of ice and that right. becomes kind of a, a short-term solution when there, there's a heat wave and powers out because everybody's grabbing it. Right. Um, but generally setting anything that's uh, cold next to a tank will help get some of that in there. Um, you know, even around here, we take uh, chunks of slate rock or tile and we keep them in the freezer all the time. And if we feel animals are getting too warm, we put that in there. So 
even if your power went out and you had some of those sitting in your freezer, those would be a temporary thing that you could go ahead and put next to your tanks to help them cool out. Um, if you have a generator going um, and you put a bag of ice next to a tank or a frozen water bottle, putting the fan next to it's going to take that cold air and sweep it through Beautiful. the tank and help cool it down as well. Good mm-hmm. call. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're on the topic, uh, we always these shows we always run out of time faster than I can imagine. Uh, talk about small animals because uh, I think that's equally concerning. Uh, I'm thinking of a rabbit that might have problems with some temperatures. Um, yeah, in the, war- in the warmer side, and then I I think of other animals that would certainly have a problem with cooler temperatures. Right. So I mean, if we're we have some animals that like the warmer temps, you know, hamsters and gerbils and hedgehogs can definitely handle higher temperatures. They prefer it to be up in the upper 70s or lower 80s, um, but they acclimate really well. A lot of times I tell people that what we're looking at temperature-wise is whatever you're comfortable at, most likely your animal's going to be comfortable at. But we do have animals that overheat really easy, like chinchillas, who actually like it colder. They like it in the 60s or low 70s. Um, And then rabbits prefer around 70 as well. So those are cases that kind of becomes more immediate, um, because of overheating and then dehydration, um, a few things that go along with those. Those are the types of animals we want to make sure that we quickly either get into a scenario of being at a friend's house, uh, checking with us, seeing if we can board them, or again, buying that small generator, at least have a fan going over top of them. Um, you know, there's, our store stays pretty warm, but you know, for the most part, we have fans going around our small animals just to always have that air circulation. And, and for the active cage small animals, if it's going to get warm, do you immediately take their exercise wheel out? Not necessarily. Um, are, again, for like they'll hamsters, stay off because of it? The, the, well, you know, hamsters are almost all hamsters come from like uh, the Middle East, and then there's a few that like are more like northern than that. Um, but generally, they like the warmer temperature, and um, they'll still want to run around a little bit. What I would stay away from is the ones that are more eager to uh, run that have a higher chance of uh, hyperventilating. So right. things like a rat or like uh, you don't want to over-exercise a guinea pig. Um, definitely the chinchillas, you would want to take away their wheels because um, they'll overheat real fast. Now, any situation where maybe a, a frozen, you know, two-liter bottle comes into play? Yeah, just it's the same with the as we mentioned with the reptiles. If you have those on hand, especially for the chins and the rabbit, it's good to have those. They'll lay right on them. Um, with the chinchilla, <laughs> I'd always recommend that. Uh, wow. The chinchilla yes. definitely recommend putting a towel on it uh, because chinchillas aren't meant to get wet and the condensation will start to wear, down, wear, uh, wear weight down on their fur. Uh, but I watch the rabbits cuddle right up to the water bottles all the time. Yeah. Um, even my guy at home will literally like cradle it. Um, that is so that's crazy. their way of cooling down is just going right up against them. That's right. That's right. Uh, also, uh, I, just a side note, it's, you kind of covered it, but maybe people aren't thinking about it, but axolotls are one of those animals that definitely need the cooler water temperatures and, uh, ice, you know, a, a two liter bottle when your air conditioner goes out and you can't keep it cool, uh, tends to be about the only thing we I can think of that you can actually keep the water cool enough. But with that as a note, uh, remember, you know, have a thermometer nearby, measure the temperatures, make sure you're not being too extreme um, or ineffective, you know, and know that there's a, you know, as it starts melting, have one prepared and ready to kind of replace it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, uh, that's definitely on hand. Why, you know, I mentioned here, we, 
we pretty much have a couple freezers that we just have extra water bottles and extra pieces of tile and plate rock just always frozen. You know, even if we go a year without using them, we still have them in there because you never know what's going to happen. Exactly right. Well, Sean, thank you so much for the information you provided, and we wish you smooth sailing going forward in dealing with this because, uh, like I say, the temperature's going up. So, uh, but we appreciate your time. It, thank you very much. And and continue caring for the. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the thousand of animals you have to do this morning. So Absolutely. En, en, enjoy your creatures down there, and uh, thanks for providing the extra uh, background noise with the birds. Yeah, great. Right. We do appreciate yeah. it. And in the, so meantime, in the meantime, when we come back, we'll talk with the doc about some of the other animals and what we need to do to keep them comfortable during this right here on 1320. The Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning all about the conditions that were created here in MidMichigan by the tornado that came through last week. And we've talked about a number of different animals, but Dr. Schultz, the animals that the majority of people have are dogs and cats. And my question to you is, was there anything that we need to do? Because with power out, that does create some dilemmas. I can imagine for people who serve raw food, as an example, that can be a pretty big issue. And what other things do people need to think about to keep their dogs and cats safe during this type of an emergency? It's basically you and your children. I mean, these are your children, and think about them as your kids. And the raw food thought is a good thought. If that's in your refrigerator and your refrigerator's hot, do not trust that food. It's mm-hmm. time to go out. It might hurt you to buy a bag of prepared food, but have something on hand to do that. Mm-hmm. And we were talking earlier about being prepared for your aquariums. Be prepared for your pets, too. Uh, cats, uh, the canned food is going to last. doesn't matter at all. And if you've got canned food for your dogs, uh, it, it really the care isn't a big deal. Um, but the one thing this brings up, too, is care for your long-term food. I have, a lot of, I have people that have multiple pets at home that will buy multiple bags of food. Let, let's say I'm going to buy 100 pounds of food. But if you have like a Corso or a Great Dane or a big breed, um, you're going to go through it fairly quickly. But when you store that food, a lot of people store it on a cement floor. That cement floor doesn't do anything good for that food. So in that food, you have vitamins. Minerals are very safe, but the vitamins are are sensitive. And so the heat and the cold for the vitamins is an issue. Your food isn't going to be destroyed with this with a, a, a cold snap in the winter or in the summer, but it's the daily care of that food and the nutrition to your pets that you have to be aware of. Is there a general recommendation? I mean, I, some things I think about is having a sealed container would Absolutely. be one thing. Right. Uh, but but in but what should one buy as far as, the, let's say, most feed a dry kibble? Right. I don't know that all kibbles are going to be the same as far as how they're going to store, but yeah. I'm assuming they're going to be similar. They're, they're, all, gonna, they're all pretty, what, pretty what, stable. What kind them. of uh, buying pattern would you encourage? We, we tell people if you can buy once a month or less. Yeah. Uh, not anymore. We used to have a service that came around to some of our kennels locally, and then twice a year they'd come around and give you six months of food. So you'd buy it, and you get a really good deal on the food because you're buying, in some of these big kennels, a ton of food at a time. Mm-hmm. And what they found out in, in our situation doing reproduction in the clinic was uh, we would see conception drop off. We would see litter size drop off. And you go like, what? What's and it took it's like a CSI thing to figure it out. You're going, yeah. like, you know, what are you doing different? Are you mm-hmm. buying different food? No, but as that food would get to six months out, 
the nutrition value isn't quite the same. But normally, a good Tupperware or a good airtight closing container is really, really good Make for a difference. The food. Uh, when, totally. when, when stuff's packaged yeah. um, and then they have an expiration date on the, on the bag of food or in right. can of food for that matter, yeah. uh, feel confident that that's, uh, that, that that's an appropriate number to work with? Stay within that reason on some of those foods. You can go longer. Years ago, there were no expiration dates on medicine, on food at all. Yeah. And then that was up to you to decide to do it. So the FDA yeah. years ago, back in the 70s, started putting expiration dates on everything, which was yeah. good. Some of the medicines that are out there, uh, from the time of the pharaohs, they're probably still good. Yeah. Uh, but then some of them do age, and some of them are not appropriate to take. Yeah. Uh, and some medications are destroyed with heat or sensitive or sun. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing, too, is as your house gets to be a problem, let's say it's winter, and, and you're fine. You put your coat on, your dog's got his coat on, and the dog's been out on walks in the winter, and he's fine. But you're getting a generator, and this happened in Lansing this week. Don't have the generator in a closed garage. Don't have the generator in the basement. That generator needs to be completely outdoors from your house right. and not near any ventilation that's going in your house. Yeah, um, and, and that's the thing yeah. we might not even think about no. because people think about it for people, but you know, people will put the dog out in the garage. Yeah, or and the generator sitting in the garage. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's bad. And, and also it's the canary in the coal mine. Not everybody has a little canary in their house to tell yeah. them you're running out of oxygen. And you need a carbon yeah. monoxide sensor in your house. Yeah, and, and I will mention, because we want to make sure we're including all birds, you know, with birds, I think the one most important thing is is to use good judgment and don't hesitate to get in the car and take your bird to somebody that actually has a normal really? life, you know, a normal heat, a normal air conditioner, you know, that the power's out. It might be worth an hour drive. It might be worth an hour and a half drive, but... Birds aren't anything that you want to play with either. No, and if you're in the winter and you're leaving the house with your bird, put a blanket over the cage. Put it, Wrap it up before you leave the house. Keep yeah. that thing warm while you get in the car because yeah. your car's got to warm up too. Yeah, and that cold blast is never going to be good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Doc, I have one question that I think is an issue most people might not always think about, and that is that – you might have a cat and you let the cat go outdoors. Sometimes you let your dog outside off of a leash. You're not supposed to, but some people do it. And the thing you have to think about is that there are power lines that are down all over the place in this area. I saw them laying on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. it, your cat doesn't know that mm -hmm. this isn't something for me to play with. No. It's it's not a ball of and, yarn. And that's put them inside if a storm's coming. I mean, yeah. put them, be really careful. That's the thing. If you're driving down the street in your car, there's rubber tires on the car to protect you. If you have tennis shoes on, you're good. You're out there barefoot. Yeah. This is where you die. And they are barefoot. Yeah. And they're walking around. They don't have sweat glands, but their feet are damp. And anything that makes you more grounded is going to make you more sensitive to mm -hmm. stray voltage. And that isn't really stray voltage. Have you had voltage. many instances over the years? No, the biggest, <laughs> you're going to love this. The biggest problem we ever have is people with puppies not protecting extension cords in their houses. Oh. And the puppies will chew that extension cord. Yeah. And, and I'm, in, I'm in, the, in the studio showing these guys, but there'll be a little round hole in their cheek and the teeth will be missing on that side. Wow. If they're still alive. Um, but they'll bite it, and it'll it'll short out to their mouth, uh, to the closest thing to the ground, which is the edge of their lip or mm -hmm. their mouth. Mm -hmm. And if they have it in, they'll have a little circle of maybe a half-inch circle of skin completely burned off their face. Mm. And a lot of them don't make it to the clinic. Uh, that's bad. So in your house, when you have 
young pets that are chewers, some breeds are chewers, some breeds aren't, when you leave home, they need, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, you need to crate train your dog when you're gone uh, until you know mm-hmm. they're safe in the house because playing with an extension cord is a very bad thing, and they make uh, heavier uh, rubber covers for extension cords, or you unplug them before you leave. But yeah. you, you've got to make your house safe for your pets. Yeah, they have, um, I know we've picked up from time to time um, at the auto re- auto parts place, you know, to cover around your wires. Exactly. It, it has like a, it, it, you know, it's, I don't know. It's a coiled it's, kind of it, a thing it, too. It's either, yeah, either coiled or yeah. it's a long uh, like a tube, that that sheath that, right. that's got a slit on the side yeah. of it. Yeah. And you just pop it over if on it, there. The thing is, on it, if it's on there and it makes a little noise or it's fun to play with, that's yeah. just asking for trouble. Yeah, And sure. so the other thing is ground fault interrupters. Uh, those that's, usually that's, are. That's an yeah. excellent suggestion. Yeah. And everybody's got them in the bathroom, but you don't think about it in the rest of your house. They're yeah. easy to put in. Yeah. They take five minutes, open the wall up, or you get an electrician and go around the house and do it. Yeah. But if you've got a wire-chewing pet, that is the number <laughs> that is one. a great idea. And over the years, we have seen that so yeah. many times. Yeah, we uh, – that reminds me back in the day, days gone by when uh, our pet store, when we first, back in Hazlitt, we didn't have uh, in fish tanks the grounds that were needed, and that was a big issue. So uh, we learned, we got an electrician in there and had all the breakers have, you know, that the, the breakers, ground fault, the yeah. ground fault, you know, but, you, you know, whether you have it one place or another, there's nothing more important than a ground fault when it comes to being around water or <laughs> chewing teeth. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but the point is to understand that what happens from storms like this is you get new conditions on the ground, literally. Yeah. And you assume, oh, my animal's very smart. He won't go anywhere. He won't run off my property. My yeah. cat always stays real close to home when yeah. I let him but That's out. before the tree fell on the house and scared <laughs> or, to be Jesus out yeah, of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the generators are... Yeah. You know, kicked yeah. on. There's fright. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. That's not normal living for them. So yeah. there's just, there's a lot of things to think about. But when things like this happen, we bring them up on this show because we're going to talk about them. Unfortunately, we are out of time. As Rick said, shows like this go really fast. But on behalf of our producer, Bruce Warner, and my co host in the studio, uh, Dr. Will Schultz and Rick Proust, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you a great holiday weekend and a great week ahead. We'll talk next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. In the meantime, please, please be careful of the heat. Take care of all these things we've talked about today so your animals are safe. And we'll talk next weekend. Have a great week. Hey, got some ideas for a show? Questions? Maybe suggestions? Just email us, mmpets at 1320wils.com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash mmpets. 